John Groder spent more than a year and a half researching the lives of Richard and Sabina Wormbrand, the founders of The Voice of the Martyrs. And here's one of the things that he learned from them. Love your enemies can actually be done. And it's just not natural to love your enemies at any level. It's not human. It's not natural. Richard's enemies were specific and real and vile, and he actually still, as they're beating him, shares Christ with them and shares love with them. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help right now on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and we are in our studio today in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, with uh, film director John Groders. John has been our guest before. He is the director of Tortured for Christ, the movie. He's also the director for the video segments of the Wormbrand Small Group Study, which hopefully many of you who are listening will have seen. John, welcome back to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. It's always uh, a great joy to be here. It's a great joy to be in chapel with everybody here, with the staff and the volunteers. So it's great to be here. Thank you, Todd. We are talking about Torture for Christ, the movie. We're now 15 months or so from the time it was in theaters across the country. The DVD is now widely available. A lot of people have seen the film. Uh, The small group study has been out more than six months. A lot of churches, a lot of small groups. I know even at my church, there are groups going through that small group study. Mm. But I want to start, before we get to all that, with how this has impacted you. Mm. What's the fruit in the life of John Groder's? from spending literally years (laughs) uh, really deeply embedded in the story of Richard and Sabina Wormbrand. Well, I really didn't know Richard and Sabina Wormbrand very well at all before this project started. I never met them when they were living, and uh, we had only recently begun a relationship with Voice of the Martyrs, and so it does impact you to get to know Richard and Sabina and their story. It changes the way you think about what you're capable of. Jesus said, a new command I give you, love each other as I have loved you. Now, you know, that's a subtle shift from the old golden rule, love one another as you would like to be loved, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's a, that's a great statement. That kind of means, well, I won't hurt you because I don't want you to hurt me. <laughs> but Jesus ups the ante, right? And he says, love one another as I have loved you. And what does Jesus do? He suffers for you. He sacrifices for you. It's like Moses took us so far and Jesus ups it. When we come across believers who live that out, it's almost a shock because they seem to be somewhat rare. And so by meeting Richard and Sabina and this selflessness that they lived by, this ability to look at an enemy that's a greater enemy than I have ever faced in my life, I have never been thrown in prison by communists or by Nazis. I've never had my family executed. They faced such specific and physical and awful enemies. They looked him square in the eye. And the testimony of Richard and Sabina Wormbrand is they found a way to pray for them. They found a way to hate the system of communism, but really love the people. Yeah. Now, that's a challenge that uh, doesn't easily leave your brain once you have encountered it. And I am on a journey to get there. And I think, I believe that you will reap the fruit of this 
for years to come. And I honestly think people who see the movie will reap the fruit of it uh, over time. John, what was the impact? When you finished the film, you sent the final files off and praise the Lord, we're done with this long process. Now thousands of people are going to watch this. What was the impact that you hoped for as they sat in movie theaters, as they sat in front of their televisions and watched the story of Richard and Sabina Wormbrand, who, by the way, for our listeners who maybe don't know, Richard and Sabina Wormbrand are the founders of The Voice of the Martyrs. So uh, Richard spent 14 years in prison. Sabina spent three years uh, and they had lived just an exemplary Christian life. So, John, as you directed the film and as you sent it off, what what were you hoping for in the viewer in their heart and in their mind? Well, you know, two answers. First of all, when we finished the film, in some ways, this is different than most films. It didn't have an intention to have a theatrical run and then go on the shelf. In fact, we're still finishing the film as we're working to with you guys to translate this into 30, 40, 50 languages. So my team is still involved in looking at crazy uh, di- dialects that are coming on the screen and we're, we're lining up the audio. And Because the idea for this film is to have a long shelf life and to, to translate this into many languages because it's a universal story. So in a way, we're still rolling it out into cultures and contexts that have not ever uh, heard of it or maybe been able to read the book. The goal as a writer in this case kind of emerged as I did a couple of different drafts of the, of the script. And, and the more I wrote, the less I wanted to speak myself and the more I wanted to let Richard speak for himself. <laughs> well, and the great thing about this is Richard wrote many, many books Sabina wrote a book, so you really could, you knew what their words were because they wrote them down. Exactly, and we, we, we took a lot of time with their writings and, and made a lot of notes, and and and, uh, and then even on top of what they wrote, we had people like Steve Cleary working with us on the film who knew them very, very well personally, and sometimes would say, that's not how Richard would have said that, or that's not how he would have <laughs> behaved, which all helped to try to make mm-hmm. an accurate uh, representation of the character and the faith and the courage and the and even some of the frailties of our heroes in these things. So we, we wanted to accurately represent them, and we wanted the actor and actress who represented Richard and Sabina to capture them as best as possible. But from an overall kind of life perspective, you you hope that every piece of work that you do, that you really pour your heart into, that it would have a significant impact. We, we have a phrase that we say that production values add longevity and impact to any project. The work that we do in film can be done at so many levels of quality because there's just cost involved. A lot of us that make Christian films have to, by necessity, do things on budgets that are fractions of what the world has to tell their stories. And we had a budget for this, but frankly, it was a fraction of what a budget that Hollywood would have had to tell the same story. Um, we were just committed to not let that ever become evident in the, in the film itself. We wanted it to represent a true quality uh, project at every level, from its acting to its movies to its sets to its wardrobe to its uh, pacing to its editorial to its color. We never wanted that to feel like they did a good job for the budget they had. Right. 
Um, you don't think about that when you go in a theater. And, and if you buy a movie ticket, movies are strange. They're different from concerts. I mean, a concert, you pay more money for Paul McCartney than you do for Paul Smith, right? You know, Paul McCartney <laughs> comes in and you're spending three, four hundred bucks. Paul Smith that plays down at the club, you spend three or four bucks. And Paul McCartney brings 15 semi-trucks worth of production value and, you know, 10,000 gold records. And Paul, But in a movie, you pay the same movie ticket, whether they made the movie for a dollar or for $300 million. And so it, we're competing against right. the $300 million movie. So simply as an artist and as a filmmaker, we wanted to do the best we could to stretch the budget so that nobody would say, well, that could have been a good film if they had had the money. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with John Groders. He is the director of Tortured for Christ, the movie. He's also the host of a podcast called No Shame. So if you're a podcast listener, you can look for that. John, what's the difference between reading a book and watching a film? Because... Millions of people have read Tortured for Christ, Richard's books. Millions of people have read Sabina's book, The Pastor's Wife. What's the difference in the experience of watching it portrayed on a screen from reading it? People have different responses. I I really love to talk about a good movie afterwards and go out for you know coffee and talk about it my wife would rather sit with it for a few days or something so sometimes we have one-sided conversations (laughs) in the coffee shop because we just have so i recognize there are different ways people process films but one of the fun parts of since this movie has come out over the past years i've had a few occasions not tons but a few where someone has called and said hey we're showing this film friday night in this theater or showing this film in our church and would you be willing to come and if I can, I, I always say yes. I'd be delighted and, and, and honored to come because we do a Q&A afterwards. Mm-hmm. And this is the kind of experience that if you sit and you really um, give it your attention for the length of this film, when it's over, there are rich and deep and moving discussions where people are being honest and sharing insightful things. And it's not all just coming from one voice. You know, it's not just your pastor with a great sermon or the speaker with a great talk. All of a sudden, the voice is everybody in the room, and everybody has a unique perspective, and they see different things. A, a trick I would give you if, you, if you, if you'd like to discuss a film, if you're out with your friends, here's, here's my advice. Don't, the question shouldn't be, did you like it? Like, that's the first thing you say, because now we have to make a decision. And I I would encourage you to say a different question. If you're sitting around having coffee after you go see this or any film, say, hey, let's talk about the movie. What did you see? What did you see? I mean that very literally. Like, tell me about a scene that you remember. Because when you watch a movie, which has got, you know, 40 or 50 different scenes and 15 to 16,000 different images, you can't recall them all. Even if you were the director of the film, you can't recall them all. Certainly first-time watchers can't recall them all. So if you sit with your family, Todd, and you say, well, what, just, let's just start by this discussion telling us, recall some scenes that you remember and describe them. Wow, you're going to be amazed that you all of a sudden remember what they said, but you see it through their eyes. That can be a really nice foundation upon which to build a discussion after a film. And then, like you said, it doesn't just become a singular enterprise um, which is fine if you're on an airplane and headphones watching the screen in front of you, but but it's better, I think, when you can discuss it and share it and turn it inside out. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with John Groders. He is the director of Tortured for Christ, the movie. He's also the host of a podcast called No Shame. And uh, we have a special arrangement I asked uh, here at Voice of the Martyrs. And if you will come to vomradio.net 
and make a donation. We'll have a link there. If you make a donation, we will send you the DVD. Uh, so if you're hearing about this film for the first time, you've never seen it, if you will come to vomradio.net and make a donation to VOM, we will send you the DVD. That way you can watch the movie. John, you mentioned having people show the film and invite you to come. We talked about the impact it's making on you. What do you see or what do you hear about the impact it's making on on viewers that just maybe don't know Richard and Sabina's story or maybe do know it, but they're watching it on film? How is it impacting other people? I'll give you a story. Just a few weeks ago, I was at the Christian Worldview Film Festival. It was in uh, Franklin, Tennessee, the Christian Worldview Film Festival. And uh, they have a film a workshop for the first few days, kind of where uh, there are classes and teaching, and I was going to be speaking at that. And then the last three days are, are film festivals and screenings and all the rest. So it's quite a wonderful festival, and it's the first time I'd been to it. And we had uh, arrived a little bit late, and as we got in and I was setting up our booth, there was a, a man who was speaking on the main stage, so we were trying to be quiet, and I was trying to listen to him. And he was great. His name was Eric Ludi. He's an author. He's written 28 or 30 books, and he's a pastor, and he's a trainer, and he was engaging. And I'm like kind of smiling because he was funny. And I was thinking, I, I would love if over the course of this week I got a chance to meet him because he seemed like a neat guy. Well, he finished speaking, and uh, he ended up making a beeline over to our booth, and he came right up to me and said, are you the guys that made Torture for Christ? And I said, yeah, yeah we're, <laughs> we're part of the team that did that. He, he hugs me, <laughs> and he says, thank you. This is the guy who was just on the main stage, who I had just kind of elevated him. He says, thank you. He says, this film changed my son's life. Wow. It became his favorite movie he's ever seen, and he accepted Christ after seeing the movie. I owe you guys a debt of gratitude. What? And his, you know, his son was 10, 10-year-old boy, who's mature enough to understand the power of a, of a life surrendered for Christ. Right after Eric, another guy come up who I didn't know who he was either. I, I thought maybe I'm supposed to recognize this guy. And he just said, oh, I've been so looking forward to meeting you guys. We loved the film so much, and we showed it in our community. And, and he was, I mean, I hadn't been there 15 minutes. Turns out that was Philip Telfair, who was the director of the festival. So within 10 minutes, I thought, wow, this thing is having an impact in the Christian community. These were two uh -huh. guys from different parts of the country that I didn't know. I hadn't personally called them and said, go see my movie because we're friends. And uh, so the, the festival was a lot of fun, and, and a lot of great artists were there. I had to leave uh, before the festival was over. I lead worship at a church, so I had to get home in time to make that happen. So I was coming out of the rehearsal with, with my wife, and we were sitting in a little Mexican restaurant in South Haven, Michigan, and she flips open her phone. She says, oh, look, they're streaming the awards ceremony. So, well, let's, let's watch it. The awards ceremony, you know, whatever you think of awards ceremonies, I have plenty of things to say that aren't so positive. <laughs> um, you know, we, we laud each other. But anyway, it was near the end, and they were getting down to the, the Best Feature Film Award, and I knew we were nominated. I did not think... Uh, we probably were going to win just because I am skeptical of film festivals and whatever. Anyway, I, on the screen we're watching and they announced the best feature film and, the, and they open the award and the winner is Tortured for Christ. Wow. And we're just sitting by ourselves. I just, I just did a little fist pump because my wife, Judy, was the producer of this film and she just, she's more behind the scenes kind of a person than I am. But she puts in countless hours and she worked tirelessly to make the production quality of this film. You know, she really stretched every nickel. And and you, you sit there and of course you're always going to be a little bit proud if you win a blue ribbon. There's nothing human in us if we aren't. But even more than that, I'm thinking, all right, these are the kind of accolades that will encourage people to watch the film. Yeah. 
I mean, I personally am going to screen. I mean, I saw a green book after it won best picture and a lot of people did just because of the award. And so I hope that as people say, wow, Tortured for Christ is starting to rack up a lot of awards at film festivals, including best feature film at the Christian Worldview Film Festival. I hope that that will encourage people that, well, let's go ahead and order it and let's go ahead and watch it. There must be something there because the peers have said so. So that has been, you know, kind of a fun journey. You talked earlier about the fact that you're still working on this as far as foreign translations. How, how many languages is it in now? How many will it be in? Maybe maybe that's a hard question to answer. How many languages is it in now is maybe one you can answer for sure. And, and what languages are you working on now? Well, I know we've done uh, Russian and uh, Spanish and uh, Chinese, and our office is working on those, and I, I'm not exactly sure which one. I think we're in the teens right okay. now, wow. but I think the objective is to be in the like 50s or 60s. I mean, and, and it's, a, it's quite a process because you've got to go into the culture that the language is, and, and, and it has to be you know, dubbed. So they have to find actors to read the story in the time and in the pacing and in the local dialect. So this isn't subtitling it in foreign languages. And it's even more complicated by the fact that there's multiple languages in our film. And so we've actually done some versions where you know, there was a mistake and, and everyone thought that was, you know, like in the Romanian version, for example, there was some parts that weren't translated because they thought it was Romanian and people would understand it, but it was Russian. So <laughs> it's a complex, it's a complex movie, but it's going into multiple languages because that's the ministry of Voice of the Martyrs. That's the yeah. ministry to say this is for the world. So it's very exciting. And, and, and the uh, great thing about that is it means one thing to us as Amer- as unpersecuted American Christians, but when a Chinese pastor who has spent three years in prison watches this film, it's going to mean something different to him. It's going to have a different impact on him. That's the exciting thing for us at VOM is thinking about how this is going to encourage people who are going through the very same things that Richard and Sabina went through. I was speaking yesterday with Cole Richards, president of Voice of the Martyrs. He said one of the things that he has found all over the world is that people who are persecuted almost always think they are alone, that they're the only ones. You know, you don't get a big story that says, you know, welcome to the the persecuted era. You are the 1500th person today that was arrested by Boko Haram. People find themselves in terrible prisons or in persecution situations or having suffered great loss, loss of family members, loss of homes. This is VOM's research. They, they, They think that they're all alone, that, that only them. And it is somehow helpful and comforting to know, now you are suffering for the kingdom, just as Jesus said we would. So I think if this film makes it into languages where people have experienced that suffering, I hope it is an encouragement to them to say, you are part of a movement of people. This is, this is God's at work, even through your suffering. And the other side of that coin is that maybe some of these cultures, I mean, it might be coming. You know, the day might be coming where we aren't so comfortable and we, we don't live a life of permission. And as the clamps start to clamp down on us to have some language, to have some models with which to say, all right, Jesus said they hated me. They're going to hate you too. Jesus said, you know, where I'm going today, you can't come. But later, later he says, okay, you can come. You know, and so if we are going to carry our cross at one point in our lives, I hope Richard and Sabina are just some of the people that have helped us to prepare for that day so that we can handle it with faithfulness. 
We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with John Groders. He's the director of Tortured for Christ, the movie. As I mentioned, if you come to vomradio.net and make a donation to Voice of the Martyrs, we will send you a DVD of the film so that you can watch it. John is also the host of a podcast called No Shame. John, as we finish up, I know that uh, it's in your heart to tell more of Richard and Sabina's story on film. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, at this point at least, it is not necessarily a VOM project, but it's certainly something that is something you want to do. Talk about your desire to to film the prequel, the yeah. Tortured for Christ, the prequel, yeah. uh, and, and tell the early part of Richard and Sabina's mm. story. Mm. Well, Todd, thanks for asking that, because that is a passion that I've had when we we finished this film, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I'm proud of it. But I felt like there's more that needs to be told. Tortured for Christ, this particular movie, opens in 1948 when the Russians come across the border and when the communist era takes over Romania. I mean, literally right off the bat, Richard is being beaten. And the theme, I think, of Tortured for Christ that's so powerful is that love your enemies can actually be done. And it's just not natural to love your enemies at any level. It's not human. It's not natural. Richard's enemies were specific and real and vile, and he actually still, as they're beating him, shares Christ with them and shares love with them. That's an amazingly powerful story. But I had a big question. How do these super people become so great? Because we don't really find that out in this movie. When we meet them, they're already massively impressive Christians who can endure suffering. Well, to find out that, you have to read some of their other books. The new compilation book that Voice of the Martyrs published, Wormbrand, does a really great job in telling the pre-story, as do some of the other writings of both Richard and Sabina. So I've written what we guess call a prequel, and uh, it, it's currently called Richard and Sabina Tortured for Christ, the Nazi Years. That could change. But the cool thing about the prequel, if we make it, in a sense, it's almost even a more of a traditional theatrical film because the arc of these two people, Sabina Oster was her maiden name, and Richard, uh, they meet each other. And uh, it's love at first sight. You know, Richard's actually being set up to marry a rich woman, a socialite. But when they meet each other, they are, you know, I hate to burst your bubble, but they're just hedonist atheists of the first order who are coming out of the roaring 20s with a lot of skill and a lot of youthful beauty and a lot of talent, and they kind of have the world by the tail. And they live and they fall in love and they get married. So it's a love story of these two young, beautiful people who are rising stars. But then the story starts to begin to take a turn. And Richard, they're both raised Jewish, but they're convicted atheists. And Richard's even a communist. And Sabina is just a wild, like a wild stallion. She just wants to have a good time in life. And Richard, through a sickness, he's sent away through tuberculosis. He starts to discover who the, what the Bible says and who Jesus is. And as he discovers this, Sabina is mortified. Now, it's crazy to think that we're talking about our heroes here in this way. So the story of how they fall in love with each other. She's actually really, really angry. Oh, my (laughs) goodness. This was not just your typical, well, we were raised in Sunday school and we became Christians and then we became superheroes. No, their arc is huge. You know, we call the story arc of a character and the conflict. All these elements are so present. And as we see them move from falling in love to each other, falling in love with the Lord, and then getting into this sort of higher plane where they've actually, God has put love in their hearts for their enemies. It's stunning. It's stunning. And I so want to tell one more film about the early years of Richard and Sabina. So we've written a screenplay. We've actually applied and received um, government grants in Romania. And literally, we're just looking for the investors or the underwriters. We'd be happy to give the film to Voice of the Martyrs for ministry purposes, 
But uh, I'm not ashamed to beg. If anyone wants to be involved in the project, you know, contact us. Well, we we'll have lots of folks who listen to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. If if that's you, if that's something that uh, sparks your interest, sparks your heart, send us an email. You can do that at vomradio.net, and uh, we'll connect you with John, and you can chat further. We haven't really talked about the curriculum. You could also that's available if you want for your small group or your Sunday school class to kind of dig into Richard and Sabina's story and, and really draw out the truths that are there. That curriculum or small group study is a great tool to do that. John, it's always fun when we have the chance to connect and converse. Thank you for being back with us this week on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My pleasure. Thank you, Todd. I want to say thank you for joining us today here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. If you came in partway through today's program, you can hear the whole conversation with John Groders by visiting our website, vomradio.net. Again, that's vomradio.net. VOM Radio is also available as a podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. So I'd encourage you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode of VOM Radio. Next week, Dr. Eric Foley, who's the head of Voice of the Martyrs Korea, is going to give us insight into what's going on inside North Korea. How are our Christian brothers and sisters doing under the current regime there? How can you be in prayer for them? You won't want to miss that conversation, so please join us next time right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.